0: Hello, I'm Jim Richardson. I'm inviting you to participate in Impact Ministry Cyber Church. You know what? I love Cyber Church. I love being able to communicate and share with people that are all over the world because i tell you what, by planting this seed all over the world the way we do, and let me say thank you to our world changers. It's our world changers that make it possible for us to create programs, send out books, send out programs, send out CD sets. I'm just so thankful. I... Tell you, we are touching more people than we ever imagined possible. Today, we're going to be talking about faith and patience. And if I name this what I want it to, I'd probably call it faith and patience, the dynamic duo for always winning or something like that. Because I'm going to tell you something, patience is nearly never taught with faith. But if you don't have faith and patience, your faith will always become vain faith. This series is always available on impactministries.com. Use it in your iGroups. Use it in your church. We want to bless you. I'll be right back. I got a great free download for you this month. It's my personal exercises for operating miraculous faith. These are exercises that I developed over the last 40 years that have made it possible for me to win against insurmountable odds. Let me remind you, this entire series is about winning the war for your faith and I, I don't know if you recognize what a war there is for your faith. Your children at school are being persecuted. They can't wear anything that's Christian, but Muslims can say prayers. They can do anything they want to, but I'm telling you, there is a massive Christian persecution that's happening all over the world, and it's coming to America. It's already here in the form of censorship. It's already here in the form of political correctness. It's already here through the government. It's here through education. It's here through the media. It's here through all almost every outlet that we have. And I'm telling you, it's only going to increase. And the people who do not know how to stand under pressure without wavering are absolutely going to fall apart. And I don't know about you, I don't plan to be in that number that are part of the great falling away. Listen, we're talking about faith and patience. These are two factors that are very rarely ever preached about at the same time. And most of what I've ever heard taught about patience was just about suffering for no particular reason, just so you get tough. You know, that's not it. But I made this statement earlier in the introduction, and that is that faith without patience will nearly always result in vain faith. Now, let me explain what vain faith is. Vain faith is where you have real faith. Matter of fact, vain faith is probably the most destructive of all the types of faith that the Bible talks about. You know, the Bible talks about great faith, the Bible talks about little faith, the Bible talks about perfect faith, the Bible talks about dead faith, and the Bible talks about vain faith. And all of those are factors that we need to understand if we're gonna always win the battle for our faith. So I want you to understand vain faith, and this is why it's so destructive. Vain faith is real faith in the beginning. In other words, you are actually for real believing it. You know, you are experiencing it. You know it's yours. And then something happens. And usually it's the fact that we take our eyes off of the prize and we put our eyes on the circumstances or on the pain or on the person that's opposing us. And when we do that, we actually, because we change our focus we waver. Our attention goes there, and then our emotions begin to go there. And when our emotions begin to go there, we start questioning our faith. We start questioning our confidence. That's where we start this whole process of wavering. Now, here's the problem with vain faith, is at some point when you fall into this process of wavering, you will reach a place where if you don't zero in on God and on the promises of God, what you have in Jesus, you will eventually succumb to the emotional pressure and you will cast away your faith. And all you'll ever remember is you'll look back to the fact that, hey, I really believe this. And it didn't happen. But I'll tell you something. The promises of faith belong to those who endure until the end. The end of what? The end of whatever it is you're believing for. If you believe until you receive, then you'll never have trouble with your faith. Now, we'll talk about the book of James, the first chapter. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, right off the bat, a lot of negative people have taken this and tried to turn this into you know, God taking you through these trials to test you and to prove you. No. And you're going to see absolutely it's never God that does these things. But I'll tell you something, there's a wicked world out there. There are people that are plotting your demise. Right now, there are government officials that their whole careers are revolving around eliminating God's word from every place in the entire world. And I'm gonna be talking to you some more about that in a special program that you can watch at a different time, and I'll mention that later. But I want you to understand something. There are gonna be trials. The word for trials is a word that has to do, it really gets into the whole word of temptation, but it has to do with pressure. It has to do with adversity. Now, when we fall into adversity, it can either destroy us or we can grow in the process. Now, the adversity is not what makes us grow. It's yielding to the Holy Spirit and trusting God in the midst of adversity that causes us to experience grace. So that's why, you know, people who know who they believe in, people whose faith are sure, they're not glad they're going through a trial, but they're glad for the fact That they can trust God in a trial and know how they're going to come out. Verse 3 says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now, that word patience is the same as the word endurance. And in the book of James, he kind of qualifies as patience. It's not just endurance. See, we get this idea that endurance is where, man, I'm standing under pressure and I'm taking all that I can take. And somewhere along the way at the last minute before I crumble, just before I go over the edge, at the midnight hour, God's going to rush in and deliver me. No, I'm going to tell you something. The reason we get delivered at the midnight hour is usually because we get so desperate. We finally decide to believe God. We finally decide to turn wholeheartedly to him. God is never late, and God is never, ever, ever going to allow you to be tempted or to suffer more than you can bear. He will always give you the grace and the wisdom to face every situation, but your heart has got to be open to him if you're going to face these situations and if you're going to face them with victory. So this patience is the ability to stand under pressure without wavering. Now, many times our struggle with faith, many times where we lose the battle with faith is when we're under pressure and we begin to waver. And like I said, that leads us into ultimately vain faith. Verse four, but let patience have its perfect work. Now, and it says that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If patience has its perfect work, it didn't say let the trial have its perfect work. It didn't say let the tribulation have its perfect work. It didn't say let the hardship grow you up and develop you. It said let patience Have its perfect work. I want to tell you something. Patience, just like everything else with God, is a work of grace. It is a work of God's ability and God's strength rising up in you because you are clinging to the truth about who you are in Jesus. You're clinging to the reality of Christ in you. You're clinging to the fact that you are more than a conqueror, that he overcame, and because you're in him, you're an overcomer. You're clinging to the fact that he always makes us victorious in him. You see, I want to tell you something. And when you do that... An endurance, a strength is coming up in you, and it is that patience that when it has its perfect work is going to make you complete, lacking nothing. I'll tell you something, I can use some of that. So I want you to understand remember this, when we face trials or tribulations, they can work for us or they can work against us. Keep in mind that this scripture. The sower and the seed, and really Jesus used this statement in many places, to him who has, more is given. To him who doesn't have, even what he has is, King James says, taken away. But literally, it doesn't mean it's taken away from him by somebody. It means it just dissipates in the situation. Now, I want you to understand something. If you go into a situation with confidence, you come out of that situation with more confidence. If you go into pressure, distress, an attack or whatever, and you are trusting God and sure in God, you come out of this with more faith. You come out of this with stronger faith. But if you go into these things doubting, not sure, I got news for you. Then even what faith you have, even what confidence you have is going to be lost. See, we've got to have a message that includes faith, grace, and patience. And we're going to dive into that in the book of Romans in just a minute. And I'm telling you what, I hope it's going to unravel for you what it did for me many years ago and what I've spent a lot of years seeking to grow in and to walk in. Don't go away. I'll be back in just a second with the second part of this message. This month, I've got one of my favorite series for you, Miraculous Probabilities, The Science of Faith. And what you're going to discover is that true science does not violate faith. The Word of God operates in exact accord with all of the laws of physics, and knowing these things helps us come to trust God, our Creator, even more. Miraculous Probabilities, The Science of Faith is an eight-message series that is going to be radically life-changing for you. Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 1, is just such an incredible verse. Listen to this. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith. You know what? There's two aspects to that. Number one, first and foremost, it was the faith of Jesus that obtained my righteousness. But it's my faith in Him and what He has done that brings me into what the Bible calls reconciliation or the exchange. And so once my justification, my process of righteousness is rooted in faith, it says then we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is so incredible. You know, the word peace in the new covenant is much like the word shalom in the Old Testament because it has to do with health, Healing, emotional peace, and is very often used in the original language in relationship to people having physical healings. And so the peace of God is a tranquil state of mind that comes from knowing that all of your needs are met through the Lord Jesus Christ. And also the covenant of peace, the peace of God, is the peace that comes. Also, because you know that God has made peace with you through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not against you. He's not out to get you. He's not out to hurt you. And when you know God is not the source of your problem, I got news for you. You're going to be incredibly stable through every situation. Verse 2 says, through whom, through Jesus Christ, we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. So I want you to understand something. A lot of stuff being taught about grace out there and some of it's some really good stuff, some of it's some really whack stuff. But I want you to understand something. You cannot separate faith and grace because you only have access into grace based on your faith. See, when you believe the truth about who you are in Jesus, when you believe you have what God says you have, when you believe you can do what God says you can do, when you believe you are who God says you are, then the grace, the ability, the strength, the divine capacity that operates from your heart that comes by unmerited favor because you have acceptance and love and approval with God, all of that manifests in you when you believe the truth about you In Jesus. And so it says that we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. You see, our ability to stand is not because we grit our teeth. Our ability to stand is not because we pray real hard and scream at the devil and you know all this. It's about in our heart believing the truth about Jesus and who we are in Jesus. And it says that grace that works in me when I believe the truth makes me able to stand. And by the way, that's standing without wavering. Listen to this. It says, as faith ends this grace, wherein we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, that word hope, of course, is the confident expectation. And you've heard me talk about the glory of God for 30 or 40 years. Some of you have. You know, the word glory comes from the word doxa. And, you know, besides everything else that it means, the, you know, splendor, greatness, brightness, all this kind of stuff, the word glory also has to do with God's view God's reality and God's opinion. And so, see, what I stand in and what I rejoice in, and by the way, the word rejoice right there means to joyfully boast. In other words, this is part of my worship. This is part of my confession. This is part of what I'm saying to God. This is what I'm saying to myself. I am joyfully boasting in my confident expectation of God's view and opinion being my reality, of becoming the reality that I live in, that I experience in my motion and in my circumstance. Verse 3 says, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Now, this word tribulations... This gets into this concept of pressure, anything that creates pressure. Now, am I glorying in the fact that I am in tribulations? No, I am glorying in the fact that I stand confidently in Christ. I'm glorying in the fact that Christ in me is the hope of glory. I'm glorying in the fact that the grace of God is working in me. So when I face tribulations, the fact that I'm glorifying God by acknowledging and by the way, I'll tell you something, one of the highest forms of worship, one of the highest forms of praise is not just thanking God for everything going right. That's thanksgiving. That's thankfulness. But one of the things about praise and worship and the root words of praise and worship are the concepts of saying back. When I acknowledge back to God what He has said to me and about me, what His Word has said, when I acknowledge that back to God is my reality, I'll tell you something, that does a work in my heart. That is, I think, the highest form of praise and worship. So it says that knowing that tribulation works perseverance or patience. Now, here's the deal. Every time... You go through a battle and win, something happens. Number one, you grow personally. Your confidence in God grows. But another thing that happens is that means that when you face your next tribulation or your next pressure, you're not nearly as afraid as you were the last time. You know, this is why I tell people, it's important to win every battle. It's important to choose your battles and win every battle because if you give up too many times, like if something gets hard, you give up. You think, well, that's not that important. You know, I know I'm kind of jumping from thing to thing, but they all fit together. You know, years ago, you know, in my prayer organizer, when somebody would walk up to me and want me to pray about something, you know, I wouldn't say, yeah, I'm going to pray about it. I'd say, tell you what, you pray about it and let me agree with you. And that's how it really should happen if it's their burden. But because once I wrote something in my prayer organizer, I'm still this way today, once I write something down and make a commitment to believe God for it, I am not going to stop until I see it come to pass or until I've crossed over to go be with Jesus. And because of that, I have seen a lot of incredible, incredible miracles. And because of that and seeing those miracles come to pass, seeing those prayers and answers, I have confidence when I enter into Tribulation. Why enter into pressure situations? You know, one of the things that I would always do when I would start to pray about something, I would write it down. I would write down the outcome I was looking for. I'd write down the date that I started, you know, speak into this. And by the way, by praying, I'm not talking about begging, all that kind of stuff. And, um, the day that that thing manifests, I would circle it in red and write the date in red. And man, if I ever got discouraged or every time I faced a challenge, I'd look at my prayer organizer and I'd go through those pages and go see all those red circles. And I'll tell you, just in a matter of minutes, it'd be like, you know what? I don't have to be afraid of anything. I know what the outcome is going to be. So tribulation produces this ability to stand under pressure without wavering. And then verse 4 says, and perseverance produces character. Now, see, this is the deal. That's what we're lacking. Man, you know, when we think of character, I think our mind goes somewhere a little more legalistic. We go to a flawless, uh, ethical, moral, you know, situation. A lot of times people with character get in trouble, but they get out of trouble because they got character. But by and large, people with character... These are people who embrace God's values, God's standards, God's morals, God's ethics. And so what happens is, like I said, we go through this cycle and we trust God and we win. And patience then comes alive inside of us. And it is that patience that builds character. You know, the word character means experience, something that is tested and found it to be valuable. One translation says it like this, and I love this, proven character. You know something? See, your faith is all theory until it's put to the test. Now, the test is never God. You know, the test may be sickness, financial pressure, trouble in a relationship, temptation to sin, you know, to commit evil of some kind. It may be, issues with your children. It may be issues with raising your children. I mean, there are all kinds of ways that pressure can come into our life. Now, unfortunately, some people have been kind of taught to believe that there's a place where you can have faith, where you're just not going to have tribulations. Well, you know what Jesus said? Tribulations are going to come and offenses are going to come. And if Jesus said it, man, we might as well know it. We might as well expect it. But when we face those things, yes, grace for grace is going to come alive. And if we choose, to, when we face something, even if we don't know how, we choose, I'm going to trust God through this. I'm going to walk with God through this. I'm committed to, you know, what God has to say about this. Then what's going to happen is in that situation, we're going to come out of the other side of it. And now our faith has been proven to be valuable because it worked. Therefore, we're standing stable. Therefore, We have character. And it says, then character brings hope. Well, what is hope? That expectation of good things, the expectation of winning the next time. And, you know, the amazing thing is the more confident you are when you go into a situation, the more absolute your faith is, the quicker that thing is going to be over. You know, people write me all the time and say, well, when is this going to be over? And, you know, this sounds kind of challenging, but it's going to be over when you believe in your heart. That's when it's going to be over. And that doesn't mean you don't have faith. It just means that you're struggling right now. That's all right. We all struggle with different things. And the Bible says this about hope. In verse 5, it says that hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I want to tell you something. Through the process of walking through pressure and trusting God, we will experience God On many levels, on levels we never expected, on levels that we never ever understood. Through those situations, we're going to discover that if our heart stays open to Him, we're always going to have His leadership. We're always going to have Him showing us the way to go. We're going to experience grace, which is going to give us a strength and a power that we didn't even know that we had. Yeah, I remember the first time my life was ever threatened for the gospel. There was a group here in Huntsville that call themselves Christians, but really weren't. And um, I started winning a bunch of their kids to the Lord and these people would have done it. These were serious people. They called me and they said, you know what? We'll have you killed if you don't leave our children alone. We don't want them believing what you believe. And I'm gonna tell you something, joy exploded up into my heart. You know, and I had many attempts made on my life back when I was a street preacher here in Huntsville. I had a guy come to my house to kill me. I had people arrange to catch me out and minister on the streets in places where I had no protection and plan, you know, to beat me to a pup. I've got to tell you, I experienced God's grace. I experienced strength. I experienced a courage that was beyond the courage that I had of myself. And see, all of these things, all of these things that help us to stand, all of these little victories that we have through this just cause us to be completely, completely confident in the love of God. So listen, here's the deal. You've got to come to the place to where you absolutely enter every situation expecting to win, and then you walk yourself through the process that it takes to win. Listen, I'll be back in just one second with Mentory Moment. Don't go away. Be sure and get this month's special offer, Miraculous Probabilities, The Science of Faith. I am telling you, it's going to bring science and the Word of God in alignment with your heart for incredible faith. I want to invite you to World Changer Weekend, July the 15th, 16th, and 17th. This is an annual event that we host to say thank you to all of our world changers, to all of the people that help us take this gospel To the ends of the earth. Listen, there's going to be several speakers, people that are making this journey and making it work in their life. There's going to be incredible praise and worship. We always have some of the best praise and worship. I'm going to invite some of our early church members and ministry team members in, and they're going to be here and be a part of things. And I'm telling you, it is going to be an incredible celebration. You do not want to miss it. But here's the deal we only have a certain amount of space, very limited space. So there is no registration fee to attend. But if you want to attend the event of the year, you got to go to our online uh, registration form, fill it out, let us know, we'll save you a place. All right, the Apostle Paul told us in Romans 5 what we were going to have to do as we're walking through these pressure situations, as we're walking through this tribulation. Now, remember, I told you, I think it was last week or the week before, the starting place for immovable faith always begins with never, never, never saying that it's God bringing the pressure. The moment you believe that God brings you the pressure, you can't be in faith. It's impossible to be in faith if you believe God's creating a problem because the core of faith is believing in the character and the nature of God. And you know, if you don't have that issue settled, then next week I'm going to give you the steps to take to settle that in your heart. But once you have that settled in your heart, you then acknowledge to yourself and to God. Remember that worship means to say back. So then you acknowledge to God that my ability to stand in this situation because I'm in Jesus and because your grace is at work in me. And so you know we begin to acknowledge our dependence on God. But here's where it gets really essential. He says, but we glory in tribulations. And that word glory there means to joyfully boast in the midst of our tribulation. We're not joying or glorying because of the tribulation, but we are acknowledging back to God What his view and his opinion is. I tell you, I've gone through situations. Incredible situations where you know I would wake up in the morning and the thing that would wake me up is I would be shaken in my sleep so hard that I couldn't sleep, and I would wake up with a knot in my stomach, and man, I mean I had serious pressures going on around me. You better believe it. And you know, the Lord just spoke to me and said, Don't make a decision, don't meet with a person until every day you have come to the place of peace. And man, I would go downstairs and I'd sit down at my piano and I'd begin to worship God and I'd make up songs and I'd begin to acknowledge who I am in Jesus. And sometimes it'd be 10 minutes. Sometimes it'd be three hours. Sometimes I never would leave the house. But before I would do anything, I'd have that peace that knows this is not God. I am winning. I'm going to come out of this, and you can do the same. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.